0: Hello and welcome to Herbert Smith, Three Hills, Japan Dispute Resolution Team's Corporate Crime and Investigations podcast. My name is Craig Shepherd and I am a partner in our disputes practice based in Tokyo. This is the first podcast in our series looking at compliance issues arising from the impact of COVID-19 and today we're going to consider some of the issues around the shift to remote or agile working. I'm joined today by James Alsop, an of counsel in our disputes team here, and by David Gilmore, who is the head of our Tokyo office. They've kindly agreed to share their insights on the topic today. There's been a lot of commentary about the operational challenges arising from the shift to large-scale remote working with business having to come to grips with the technical limitations of their IT infrastructure in order to maintain business continuity. But there's perhaps been less commentary about the compliance challenges that this shift presents. James, if I can start with you, how significant are these challenges?
1: Well, Craig, I think that in many ways, the compliance challenges arising from remote working have a lot of parallels with the technical challenges that you just mentioned. So just as many companies' IT infrastructure is not designed to have all or almost all of the workforce working remotely, so too many companies' compliance policies and procedures are not designed to operate in a large-scale remote working environment. And as a result, Compliance programs may be placed under considerable pressure to adapt, and there's certainly an increased risk of those policies and procedures being compromised, as they may essentially not be fit for purpose. And then coupled with this design issue, a lack of traditional office working means that there's also a lack of employee interaction and compliance oversight. So a number of compliance officers that I've spoken with have commented that one of the things they found the hardest as a result of office closures is not being able to physically keep an eye on employees or call face-to-face meetings.
0: Thanks, James. Um, In the absence of being able to physically see and meet with employees, many businesses are shifting to remote monitoring. Uh, David, is technology the answer to this?
2: Um, It may be, um, but as ever, care is required. Um, You're right that it is possible to monitor employees remotely and there are various software tools available to assist with that but the critical question that needs to be addressed in this context is uh, what is the appropriate degree of monitoring for employees when they are working remotely and the answer to that will vary dependent upon a number of factors look as part of that it will be necessary to consider the industry that the company operates in companies operating in the financial sector for example are likely to have heightened regulatory requirements that the business needs to satisfy, and that will in turn impact on the scope and extent of employee monitoring. It's also going to be necessary to think very carefully about employee privacy and personal data, particularly if a company formally operates, a bring your own device system, or employees are otherwise using personal devices at work. When and how employees hard to access data on these devices is something that is likely covered in a company's employee handbook or workplace rules. So there may be a need here for a fresh reassessment of whether existing policies are still fit for purpose uh, in this new environment. But companies should also be guided in that assessment by considering the local law position with respect to employee privacy and personal data rights in each jurisdiction in which they operate. Um, Unfortunately, in that regard, there is no one-size-fits-all answer to this. What may be acceptable in one jurisdiction may not be quite sufficient in another.
0: Mm, Thanks, David. Uh, In addition to potentially utilising technology to assist with the issue, uh, remote working has required a general increase in the use of and uh, reliance on technology altogether. Are there any particular issues or risks that companies need to be aware of? James, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think there's a few things that companies need to consider in in that respect, Craig. Um, Obviously, it goes without saying that system security is very important. Um, You know, the sudden rise in remote working has placed real emphasis on the integrity of IT systems and Perhaps unsurprisingly, um, we've seen a noticeable rise in cyber attacks, as cyber criminals seek to exploit potential weaknesses in those systems. Um, In particular, we've seen a real increase in uh, ransomware attacks. That's where malware is used to encrypt a company's files and data, and the company is then essentially blackmailed um, into making payments under threat of those files, either remaining unaccessible to them um, or that data being released publicly. Uh, In addition to hacks, there's also been a rise in malicious schemes, uh, phishing and cyber scams. Um, These scams are becoming increasingly sophisticated. And, and hard to spot. I think gone are the days of um, scam emails that are littered with typos and, and relatively easy to see. We're now seeing fraudsters often hacking into and monitoring email accounts at companies before sending their scam emails so that they're harder to spot and appear more convincing. And, and then aside from sort of potential threats of that type, I think another another thing that needs to be borne in mind by companies um, is, is to make sure that they properly assess whether any third party systems or platforms that they may find that they need to use in this new environment, provide the functionality that they require. Um, So, for example, companies that process or handle client data, they'll obviously need to ensure that that data is stored appropriately. But it's also going to be very important for them to ensure that it's um, accessible in the way that they need it to be. And that issue of accessibility um, is something that may not be covered in in standard terms and conditions and and so may require bespoke terms to be entered into.
0: The increase in sophistication, James, may well explain the marked drop I've seen in the number of relatives of princes who want me to help them dispose of 20 million dollars that they happen to have. (laughs) Uh, Putting to one side the technology-related risks, uh, David, are there any other compliance risks that companies need to be alive to as a result of these changes in employee working practices?
2: Well, um, in in regard to that, one issue which companies should take care to ensure employees are um, very alive to is the increased potential for confidentiality breaches arising from the loss of a traditional, physically constrained working environment. Employees who are working from remote locations or even potentially in a home environment could be overheard while attending virtual meetings or accidentally share sensitive information with their laptop screen open in public places. We have even seen sensitive information being inadvertently shared as a result of whiteboards Or files being visible in the background when people are engaging in uh, video conferences.
0: Okay so it sounds like there are quite a few new issues then and new risks that employees need to be aware of.
2: Yeah that's that's uh, for sure the right conclusion and in practice that means that companies need to ensure that they proactively take steps to educate employees about these new risks that they are facing And provide really focused training to ensure that the employees are aware of the steps that should be taken to reduce those risks. In an ideal world that training would of course probably be done face to face um, but that is unlikely to be possible right now in many cases. Um, So companies probably need to work harder than ever and take steps to raise awareness and provide training remotely ensuring that employees have access to and know where to find the relevant compliance policies and as part of this, employees should be reminded not just of their obligations to comply with those policies and uh, applicable laws, but also the consequences of failing to do so.
0: I'm off now to read our um, Herbert Smith Free Hills compliance policies. But before I, before I do, um, a number of commentators have drawn parallels between the economic impact of COVID-19, and that of the global financial crisis back in 2008. After the financial crisis, there was a marked increase in instances of bribery and corruption. Uh, James, do you think that that is likely this time around? Is that going to be an equivalent trend on the back of COVID?
1: Um, I think it's a definite possibility. I um, as you mentioned, Craig, um, there was a real increase in, in corrupt activity following the financial crisis, which was caused by a, a variety of factors, many of which would appear to be in play um, as a result of, of COVID 19. Um, so, I mean, any any significant macroeconomic contraction inevitably puts pressure on companies to improve efficiency, which typically leads to all functions being subject to re-evaluation from a broad enterprise perspective to ensure that company resources are being allocated in the right way at the right time. And history tells us that it's not uncommon for that evaluation to result in resources being diverted away from compliance functions. Um, and compliance processes, including audits and training to be temporarily paused or deferred as companies just seek to ensure that they're um, remaining afloat. Um, Now, whilst in one sense you can understand how that happens, um, history also tells us that that approach can often lead to increased corruption risks and significant problems further down the line. Um, Another point which which we saw back um, in sort of 2009, 2010, was that a focus on economic performance can put real pressure on employees to hit targets, many of which may have been set um, before the event in question. So back then, before the the GFC and and now pre-COVID. And those targets may not have been recalibrated to take account for this for this change. Um, The pressure that that puts on employees um, or agents can, in some instances, lead to them becoming involved in in misconduct. Um, At the extreme end, that may be deliberate misconduct with employees or agents knowingly entering to corrupt transactions or engaging in bribery in order to to win or maintain business. But that misconduct can also be more inadvertent. So, for example, um, lockdowns and, and border closures, travel disruptions, have all placed a huge amount of strain on supply chains, with many companies finding that key suppliers are unable to deliver um, on time or at all. Um, And as a result, in order to ensure that those companies meet their own contractual obligations, you might see legal and compliance teams come under real pressure to minimise due diligence requirements when onboarding new suppliers. Now, while in extreme circumstances may justify a degree of commercial pragmatism, um, a failure to conduct proper due diligence, particularly for suppliers in high-risk areas or markets, could potentially expose companies to increased risks you know, from bribery and corruption and anti-money laundering, but potentially through to health and safety or um, human rights as well.
0: Okay, um, so what can companies do? What, what steps can they take to try and mitigate these risks?
1: Well, I think here, as is often the case, the, um, the, the theory is a lot easier than the practice. Um, but in essence, what you need is for senior management to recognise the importance of and to remain committed to upholding best practice with respect to compliance throughout this challenging period of economic uncertainty. Now, that can manifest itself in a number of different ways, but as a minimum, should likely include ensuring that resources are not diverted away from compliance functions and that an assessment is now made of whether compliance frameworks need to be retooled to adapt to the current circumstances and any new risks that may have emerged for that business within a particular sector or, or, or jurisdiction. It's also going to be important to ensure that business-as-usual compliance audits and training continue, albeit likely in a, in a modified format. Um, and as David mentioned, to ensure that steps are taken to educate employees about any new risks that might be relevant to their roles and how to mitigate against those risks. I think ultimately you're looking for management to set a clear tone from the top that reinforces and also evidences the importance of compliance. Um, Culture is critical when it comes to compliance and those companies that can successfully create an environment where employees understand that compliance is still an important consideration even in the current challenging circumstances are likely to have the best chance of avoiding difficulties further down the line.
0: Thank you James and, and thank you David. I think it remains unclear exactly what the new normal will look like when it comes to working practices. The number of companies that are looking to reduce their office footprint suggests certainly to me that remote working is likely to remain an important feature of the new normal and these issues are likely to be relevant for a wide range of companies. Uh, That brings us to the end of today's podcast. Uh, I'm going to head off and read our compliance manual and I'm sure all listeners are going to go and do the same. Uh, Thank you to everyone for listening. If you have any questions about this podcast or corporate crime and compliance generally, please don't hesitate to contact any one of us. Thank you.